0: DC Public Library podcast is made possible in part by the Institute of Museum and Library Services and is a production of the Labs at DC Public Library.
1: You're listening to a DC Public Library podcast recorded from the Labs Recording Studio in the historic, modernized, Martin Luther King Jr. Memorial Library in downtown Washington, D.C. This is What the Tech, DCPL's podcast on the wild and wonderful world of new technology. Hello, I'm your host, Chelsea Kirkland, Digital Inclusion Coordinator for DC Public Library.
0: And I'm your other host, Caleb Bess, and I'm a Library Support Coordinator for DC Public Library. Thank you for tuning in to our second episode. All right. So today we are going to scratch the surface of artificial intelligence, which is also known as AI. And we're specifically going to talk about ChatGPT, which is the chatbot that the world cannot stop talking about. So before we get into all of this, we're going to define the term AI and then we're also going to define the term chatbot. bot. Um, But before we get started, I want to say that when most people think of AI, I think they imagine like a humanoid robot that maybe talks in stilted language like Siri or Alexa. And I kind of feel like AI gets a bad rep in the media. Like, I'm not necessarily an AI stand, but I don't think that AI is inherently evil like it is in the movies. You know, um, movies maybe like The Matrix or iRobot or, you know, a new favorite of mine, Megan, you know, films that fall into the category of robots gone rogue, where, you know, the tech gets too smart and turns on its human creators. Um, so Chelsea, what's your favorite? Uh, AI gone bad movie.
1: I don't think I've seen most of those, but I did see the movie Her, and I think that's interesting because it's not really about AI being bad or the robot being bad per se. It's more about what humans do with the technology and how might that make us question our whole sense of humanity. Which to me is more of like the interesting piece here, right?
0: Definitely. I felt that the AI machine or robot in that movie was actually like quite benign yeah. and actually kind of more similar to the AI that we use in our daily lives, um, which you know we'll talk about more a little bit later. In real life, AI is a lot less sinister and a lot less anti-human than the movies make it out to be. Most of the AI that we use today is pretty benign and acts like a personal assistant. It's really trying to help us with daily tasks and make life easier for us rather than trying to replace us. So, you know, chances are if you're using a smartphone, a laptop, or a PC, you're probably using AI multiple times a day without even knowing it. It's pretty much already a major part of technology and apps like Google, Netflix, and social media platforms like Facebook and Instagram. Um, One of the most um, prominent examples of AI um, that we all know about is Siri and Alexa. Our friends at Merriam-Webster define artificial intelligence as the branch of computer science dealing with the simulation of intelligent behavior in computers. It is also defined as the capability of a machine to imitate intelligent human behavior. Intelligent human behavior is deeper than it sounds. It's not just about technology being quote unquote smart. So according to Samuel Flinder, a machine learning engineer at Meta, which is formerly known as Facebook Inc., intelligent behavior is the capability of using one's knowledge about the world to make decisions in novel situations.
1: And in fact, AI has been used in various technologies for years now, including Google, social media, advertising, even deciding who to hire. But in the past year, there has been an explosion of activity around generative AI, which is when a computer program called an algorithm actually creates all new original content. So it's generating new content. ChatGPT, which you may have heard of, is the most famous one, and that's a large, it's called a large language model chatbot. So what that does, it creates new text in response to your questions or prompts. But there are also generative AI tools that can create a bunch of other content like art, images, music, websites, videos, and more, with new applications being rolled out seemingly every day and you might be wondering this ChatGPT that you keep hearing about what is GPT? GPT stands for Generative Pre-trained Transformer so that's a nod to what I just said about the generative AI new content being created. So what is ChatGPT exactly and what is a chatbot? Well ChatGPT is a large language model so it is again one of these algorithms that generates content from a large set of language. It's created by a company called OpenAI, which is an artificial intelligence lab based out of San Francisco. According to Oracle Technology, a chatbot, which is what ChatGPT is, is a computer program that simulates and processes human conversation. So it allows humans to interact with a digital device as if they were communicating with a real person. And you have probably interacted with a chatbot before. Uh, you see customer service service chatbots pop up on a lot of websites, and you might notice when you start chatting with them, you might notice that. It's obviously not a real person, like it's scripted. So, ChatGPT, though, it's a large language model or LLM and that, again, is an algorithm that processes natural language input and then predict words and generate responses. And that input is huge, huge amounts of text, of data from all over the internet. And that's what it allows it to be realistic and natural with the language that it can produce. Everyone in both the tech world and the non-tech world are excited about chat GPT because it belongs to this whole new experimental branch of AI called generative AI. One of the reasons that chat GPT is the most talked about generative AI model is because it's It's really easy to use and it has a lot of applications. So anyone can go to the website and create a free account with your email address and your password and begin typing in questions and prompts. And you can find tons of ideas for what ChatGPT is good for. If you just Google, what can I use ChatGPT for, lots of good news articles. But basically its strength is writing. So anything that would require smooth, polished writing or something written in a a certain style. So some examples include uh, cover letters, right? If you give some bullets or even put in your resume and say can you create a cover letter or even put in a job description and say can you create a cover letter for this job, ChatGPT is really good at drafting cover letters but you do need to make sure you proofread. And I'll get more into that in a second. It's also good for simplifying text or ideas. So you can put, um, just copy paste a big chunk of text and say, can you summarize this for me? Can you create five bullets of the main points for me? Something like that. It's also great for modifying text for a certain audience. So can you explain the concept of X in a way that a five-year-old would understand? ChatGPT would be great at producing new content that fit that uh, prompt. Um, It's also really good for brainstorming ideas based on information you can find on the internet. So I've heard examples like vacation ideas, free things to do in my city, fun first date ideas, recipes with like a certain list of ingredients or for a certain diet, things like that. So let me see if I can go ahead and sign up for a new account with ChatGPT and put in a few questions just to see exactly how it works. So the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to go to Google and just type in ChatGPT. And then it's the first thing that comes up in the search results, ChatGPT. It looks like the the website is actually chat.openai.com. And then I get a welcome page. It says get started with log in or sign up. So I just click sign up and it says create your account and ask for my email address so I'm going to type that in now and click continue and then it asks me to create a password so I'm going to do that now and type continue and it says verify your email we sent an email to your email address click the link inside to get started and so once I verify my email it says it takes me to a screen where it says tell us about you and you can put your name, your first name, last name in your birthday. You do not have to put your real first name and last name or your complete first name and last name if you don't want to. So remember that you don't have to give this company all of your personal information. So I did have to go in and verify my phone number. Um, I had to put my phone number in and then receive a text message, a code via text message, and then confirm. So just a heads up that you do need to have a phone number that you can um, receive text messages at to create your ChatGPT account. So when you log in, you get a little window where it says you have a place where you can send a message. It says send message and then you even have... um, uh, suggested searches, so brainstorm names for an orange cat we're adopting. It says recommend a dish to bring to a potluck. What if I ask it something like um, what is the best password manager? So it says there are several excellent password managers available and, here are th- and the best one depend on your specific needs. Okay, is a list of highly regarded password managers. Number one, LastPass. They offer both free and premium plans. Gives you some more information about how it works. Two, Dashlane. Dashlane is known for its user-friendly interface. Okay, so it's really going through, it looks like it's pulling from various lists that that it may have found on the internet when all of the large language models were uploaded. So that's kind of interesting. This is DC Public Library podcast, a production of the labs at DC Public Library. This is an episode of What the Tech? So now that we've seen what we can use ChatGPT to do, it's important to think about what to be concerned about, right? There's always pros and cons to everything. Um, So one of the most cited things that I've heard people critique GPT about is the fact that it's known to hallucinate, that's what people call it, which means make stuff up, even if you don't ask it to. So, for example, and this is something I've seen happen personally, if you ask ChatGPT to create a resume for you, so you can put in like a list of all of your work experience, you could just write bullets, whatever you have, dump it in ChatGPT, you can say, can you create a resume for me, and it will make a nice beautiful resume, but it also very well could include a work experience that you never did at places, companies that are totally made up with fake addresses and everything. Or if you ask it to summarize an article, it might add in some information that wasn't in the original. And this is just because of the way that ChatGPT is coded to generate new content. Like the whole point of it is that it creates new content. It's not coded to only include facts. It's coded to to, to create whatever you ask it to. So if you use it to write something, you really do need to read it over closely to make sure that it's accurate. Similarly, ChatGPT can plagiarize without you knowing. That's another thing you'll hear a lot if you follow the news about ChatGPT. So plagiarize meaning that it will take work from somewhere else and put it in whatever it produces for you. So that's another place where, you know, you've seen cases of students using it to write essays for school. Turns out that a lot of the essay was plagiarized and the student didn't even know. Plagiarized, again, stolen from somewhere else. Um, The other thing to keep in mind about ChatGPT is that um, it could answer questions and share information that could be inaccurate or harmful. So basically, the way that the algorithm works, the way that the software, the coding of ChatGPT works, is that it takes a whole bunch of data, a whole bunch of language from all over the internet, and uses that to learn how to create more content. And because it pulls information from all over the internet, it pulls the bad stuff and the good stuff. So it could produce things for you that might be offensive or harmful or violent or what have you. Um, It does have some built-in controls and limitations. So for example, ChatGPT will not share hate speech or violent or pornographic content or things that it identifies as misinformation. However, it's still in beta beta format, so its limitations and capabilities still seem to be unclear, and some things might slip through the cracks, um, even though that it has these attempted controls in place. ChatGPT and its company, OpenAI, uh, they don't have clear privacy practices. So That's another thing to be aware of um, when you are using ChatGPT or even better deciding whether you want to use ChatGPT. But, so what does that mean they don't have clear privacy practices? That means that it's not stated clearly for you, the user, what will happen with the information that you type in. So if you think about it in the example that I mentioned above with the resume, you put all your personal information in there in order to generate your resume. So then the question is, what happens with that information? Is it stored somewhere in a computer at the OpenAI office? Is it protected? Uh, we don't know. really—it's no, It's not public information. So if you put any type of personal or sensitive information, just know you don't have any control or any way of knowing what happens to it next. Um, another thing I do want to mention is that because of all this buzz around AI and just the huge increases in the technology, there's a lot of other platforms that you could potentially use uh, beyond chat GPT. That's just the most popular one that we have these days. So for example, Google is investing a lot into AI tools, including a chatbot called Bard. Which uh, supposedly, according to Google, will soon have Google search integration, meaning that you can use Bard with Google search and ask it to sort of pull things together in such a way using natural language. You might, if you've seen uh, Bing lately, Bing has already has ChatGPT integration, meaning that you can use regular Bing or you can use AI Bing. There's another company called Claude which is, I mean, sorry, another chat, a chat tool called Claude, which is run by a company called Anthropic. It works very similar to ChatGPT. In fact, it's some of the same people that created ChatGPT, but it's, it claims to be more ethical because it uses a different AI model. I don't totally understand what the difference is, but it, it supposedly prioritizes the user safety more than some of the other chat, uh, AI chatbots. Another question a lot of people have as ChatGPT and other generative AI tools become more widely used, more accessible, and more popular, is how might AI change how we live? You know, now that all of these technologies are becoming widely used, what is our world going to look like in another five, 10 years? I found a really good uh, paragraph from an article in a magazine called The Atlantic that I want to read. It, the article is called the coming humanist renaissance it says generative AI just like search engines telephones and locomotives before it will allow us to do things with levels of efficiency so profound it will seem like magic we may see whole categories of labor and in some cases entire industries wiped away with startling speed. The utopians among us will view this revolution as an opportunity to outsource busy work to machines for the higher purpose of human self-actualization. This new magic could indeed create more time to be spent on matters more deserving of our attention, deeper quests for knowledge, faster routes to scientific discovery, extra time for leisure with loved ones, but it may also lead to widespread unemployment and the loss of professional confidence as more competent AI looks over our shoulder. You just listened to What the Tech on DC Public Library Podcast, recorded from the Labs Recording Studio in the historic, modernized Martin Luther King Jr. Memorial Library in downtown Washington, D.C. Thank you for joining us for our second episode. We are so glad that you joined us, and we are looking forward to connecting with you again next month.
0: You just tuned into DC Public Library Podcast. Listen and subscribe at dcplpodcast.simplecast.com or wherever podcasts are available. Send us your comments at dcpl on Twitter or follow us at DC Public Library on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you for listening.